Welcome to Podcast West Seattle. Thank you for listening. My name's Andrew, and we are listening to the music of Bobby Malvastudo. He hosted and performed at Shadowland's open mic on Tuesday, November 20th. Shadowland has a singer-songwriter open mic each Tuesday night. Bobby Malvastudo will be performing a solo set at Georgetown Music on December 8th. You can also catch his band Sweet Jesus at the Parliament Tavern on December 21st. This week on Podcast West Seattle, it's part two of author David B. Williams' Seattle Walks. I knew that I wanted to figure out a way to connect both Schmitz Park and Mook. We also stop by Indulge Desserts to learn about West Seattle's newest dessert shop. Hummingbird is our signature cupcake. It's from the South. Banana, pineapple, and pecan in the cake. Hold on to that pie. We'll hear about the current production at Arts West. This will really be the first chance for most people in the country to see this new, really streamlined, beautiful version of this. And much more. This is Podcast West Seattle. One aspect of Seattle life that never seems to disappoint is the access to so many natural spaces. The park movement in Seattle, starting in 1903 when the Olmsted brothers come come out, John Charles Olmsted. That's author David B. Williams. Sort of infuses the city with this idea of creating these green spaces. On episode five of Podcast West Seattle, we looked into David Williams' West Seattle Walks, discovering history and nature in the city and followed along Longfellow Creek and Pigeon Point. On this episode, we take the other West Seattle walk. We head to the northwest edge of the peninsula. The obvious part of it was Alki or Alki, depending on how you want to pronounce it. So I knew I wanted to include that, and I knew that I wanted to figure out a way to connect both Schmitz Park and Mooks, uh, just because I think they're both such interesting um, ecosystems and interesting pu- spaces there. I mean, Schmitz Park, you know, obviously is incredible. So a group of five of us met on a spectacular Sunday morning in October. Did you order the nice weather? Uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. pretty surprisingly. Yeah, it's so we are at Whale Tail Park in Alki. We are about to start West Seattle Walk, Old Growth and Alki Point from David B. Williams' West Seattle Walks book. And we have a crew of five assembled here. Um, I'm Tony. Kate. Garrett. Marshall. And I'm Andrew. And I'm going to start reading from the book. West Seattle, Old Growth and Alki Point. Trek through the great forest of Schmitz Preserve Park. Get unparalleled views out of to Puget Sound. Stroll along the water and end by passing the birthplace of Seattle. Seattle's standard founding story begins on November 13, 1851, when the schooner Exact dropped off the 22 members of the Denny Party on a prominent point of landing 
jutting out into... True to the title of the book, you get a healthy dose of history. ...did not stay long, and by early 1852, most had moved across... Next to attempt to settle the point was Doc Maynard, one of Seattle's early colorful... Alki eventually developed as a resort community. Six years later, Seattle would officially annex West Seattle and incorporate it... In 1908, Ferdinand and Emma Schmitz gave 30 acres of forested land to the city. They would eventually donate more. We will walk south on 58th Avenue and turn left or east at the dead end sign and we will be on Schmitz Boulevard. All right, we are now on Schmitz Boulevard, the original Olmsted Design Park entrance road. And just after entering the park, we picked up another traveler. Sorry, what was your name? Lisa. Lisa? Cool. Yeah, we're just about to point number two. For such a small park, Schmidt's Preserve Park has undergone numerous infrastructure facelifts. The concrete bridge you passed under was built in 1936 to replace a wooden trestle that originally crossed the ravine. And the road you're walking on used to end at a shelter house. To replace this facility and provide better access, a new road was cut through the park from Admiral Way on the north boundary to a new parking lot, though you might not be able to tell that now. To see what happened to this new road, veer left at the first trail fork after the road narrows and descend a short path to Schmidt's Creek. Like any good walk through the woods, there was lots of impromptu discussion of flora and fauna. It's a cauliflower. It's a nice edible mushroom. I know where the really tall trees are. Um, like right up there, I think that it's the tallest tree in the park. And it has an eagle nest in it, a bald eagle it's nest. It's on that side? Yeah. Walking down there one day. Uh, when we came in, I heard something just whoosh over my head, and by golly, it was an owl was uh, just, you know, buzzing me. Where you cross the creek is the site of the former parking lot. In 2002, the Parks Department decommissioned the road and lot and daylighted Schmitz Creek from a pipe through which it had previously flowed. If we come down here with my little Sheltie dog in summertime, it would be like 10 degrees or 20 degrees cooler right here. Mm -hmm. Microclimate, sit on that little walk and read bands or something for hours. As you continue on the trail, note the many little channels you cross. Like many Seattle creeks, Schmitz Creek does not have a single source. Instead, water from numerous seeps and springs, gathers and rivulets that unite to form the waterway. It's amazing how wet the trails can be in August. Yeah. Like one time it had rained in I think about a month and it was still wet there. This is the biggest uh, uh, grand fur in the yeah. state of Washington. So yeah, this but is our favorite trail. It's just the yeah. prettiest. Oh yeah. Only three parks in Seattle contain virgin forest. On the east side of the city are Seward Park and Lake Ridge Park. Schmitz is the third and arguably the most beautiful. For the most part, you're walking through a forest where many of the Douglas fir, western red cedar, and western hemlock were growing when the Denny party arrived in 1851 and probably long before. Look up and you'll see another characteristic, a diverse canopy with many layers, dead snags, and numerous openings, which creates a variety of ecological niches and allows light to penetrate to the ground and look down, or at least along the forest floor, strewn with downed dead trees and stumps. They're nurse logs, providing an ideal growing environment for the next generation of trees. I love coming in here right after a big windstorm. We like to count how many trees came down. Do you 
know of the um, miniature horse that lives oh, up yeah. in Avril? Yeah. Yeah. We ran into the owner taking the horse out for a walk in Schmidt's Park. Really? Uh, he really likes park. So we went on the roller coaster trail. He likes to like run up and down. Oh, <laughs> Western red cedars grow slowly and steadily for up to 1,000 years and longer. Look for their buttressed bases. Some in the park have 20-foot-plus circumferences. Continue up the trail as it leads out of the park. And then we emerged from the park into a classic West Seattle neighborhood. Many of the houses in the next few blocks were built as part of the post-World War II boom in Seattle. Turn right or west at Southwest Charleston and continue to where Charleston begins to descend. Enjoy the beautiful views out to Puget Sound, the Kitsap Peninsula, Bainbridge Island, and the Olympic Mountains. And uh, beautiful views over here. The best views are from Mount Jupiter, which is just to the right of the roof here. The view down the hill toward Alki and across Puget Sound is truly stunning, particularly on a clear day. And from here, you can also see one of the most unique natural features in West Seattle. Okay, look west to see a curious geological feature on Alki Point, the high mound topped by the red apartment building and tall trees. The mound's rock is a 23 to 28 million year old sandstone known as the Blakely Formation. It formed from sediments that washed off the Cascade Mountains into a marine basin and were subsequently uplifted to the surface by the Seattle Fault. The hillside to the east along 59th has long been known for its landslides, with the earliest recorded one occurring in 1933. Turn left or south on beach and walk a short way to Miquamooks Park. In 1908, Ferdinand and Emma Schmitz built their home on the 40 acres they had owned at this location. The property included fruit and nut trees, an extensive garden, a barn, and two ponds. To the north, their children built two additional homes, both of which still stand. Also, the, oh, that at the north end, yeah, I walked that a lot, but it's like a water hose, a fire yes. hose. Yes. yes. That's the one, yeah, it's extremely steep. To bushwhack out at the top, you know, eventually find a way out. Yeah. And, like, and then you end up, you know, like you say, up in that neighborhood. And it's like, yeah. oh, how did I get up here? <laughs> now, how do I get home? <laughs> the combination of beaches and hillside forest makes Miqua Mooks a compelling and underutilized public space in West Seattle. Low tide, meaning zero or lower, reveals another unusual bit of geology. Low brown layers of rock rising out of the pebbles and sand. These are beds of peat deposited around 28,000 years ago. They're visible at the surface because of an uplift in the Seattle Fault. Uh, walk north on Beach Drive Southwest, about one-third of a mile to Southwest Carroll Street. We had heard that there was a plaque commemorating Elvis Presley visiting West Seattle, somewhere near Miqua Moose. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled, peeled for this Elvis, Elvis. plaque. <laughs> Elvis Presley slept here? How about that? The next stretch along Beach Drive features a series of parks that reveal a little-known West Seattle hero. In this instance, artist Leslie Jane decided this is to create another one-of-a-kind park space designed by Leslie Jane. Right here again is the result of Leslie Jane's work. The three parks, starting with Weatherwatch Park, all offer shoreline access, great views, and a community-enriching common space. The next stop was Cormorant Park. 
1995, the Parks Department bought the two-acre property. They leveled a grocery store on the lot but didn't have money for further work, which led to the Alki Community Council asking Jane to develop a park plan. I bet it wasn't still a grocery store at oh, that yeah. point. I'd love to see the flats of Alki rezoned for a little bit of commercial. Get that some would more be pretty cool. More than just the restaurant strip, you know. Right. And the last park in the Leslie Jane trio of parks, Constellation Park. The best public space in the city to learn about the constellations in the sky. 27 bronze constellations, the Avenue of the Stars, are embedded in the concrete along Beach Drive. On clear nights, each depicted constellation is viewable in the sky at 10 p.m but at different times of the year. Continue along Beach Drive Southwest to 64th Avenue Southwest. Hans Hansen, who purchased Doc Maynard's land in 1868, was the first to warn sailors of the dangers of Alki Point. He hung a brass kerosene lantern from a post on his barn. The federal government built the present lighthouse in 1913 with a Fresnel lens that produced light visible for 12 miles. As you walk around the point, note the high mound on your right. This is the high point composed of the Blakely Formation Rocks. We know of the Denny Party as Seattle's founding families, but they were not the first to land at this location with plans to settle it. In July 1833, William Fraser Tolmy visited the point. He had been sent to see if it might make a good location for a company trading post or fort, but concluded that the unproductive soil an inconvenience of going at least one half mile for a supply of water made it a poor choice. Who knows how our city or history might have differed if the land had been more acceptable to Tolmy. Once again, geology plays a key role in Seattle's story. Thanks again to Tony, Kate, Garrett, Marshall, and Lisa, and a special thanks to David B. Williams. I encourage you to check out all of his books. Want to know what he's working on next? I ask him human and natural history of Puget Sound, and that uh, book won't be out until 2020, but that's what I'm, I'm working on now. Is, so. A nice long walk always works up my appetite for a sweet snack. Pretty much everyone I know is sad to hear about the closing of stuffed cakes on 35th and Henderson. The good news is that a new dessert place has already gone in. I stopped by Indulge Desserts to see what they were selling and hear a little of the backstory. My name is Michelle Ald and I am the owner of Indulge Desserts. Today we have our dipped Oreos, cardamom cake with a wine infused cranberry sauce and a cream cheese. Our pumpkin cheese s'more is a pumpkin cake with a chocolate sauce and a toasted marshmallow. Hummingbird is our signature cupcake, it's from the south. Banana, pineapple, and pecan in the cake. Hold on to that time. We have been open since October 20th. So I have been baking and decorating since I was in high school, which is a long time ago. And I had enjoyed the previous owner's goods. I live local. I was on Facebook one day and saw that, unfortunately for her, she had to close. So I raced on over and started to bug her that I wanted to buy it. These are our vegan and gluten-free options for the day. We have some vanilla vanilla, chocolate vanilla, etc. On your bottom right is our chocolate pecan pie. Center is our classic, some vanilla vanilla, vanilla with chocolate fudge, showing our Seahawks love today. My specialty is definitely cupcakes. Our slogan is custom cupcakes because your special day should be your special way. So basically, if you give me enough time and I can find the ingredients, 
and you want something special for an order, I'll make it for you. But you can come in anytime, have a seat. We have coffee, Wi-Fi. And your bottom left is our drunk apple pie. There's bourbon in the apple pie filling and bourbon in the brown sugar butter. And our frosting. stuffed cookies, that's a new thing. These particular cookies have Nutella inside and outside are studded with marshmallows, Oreos, and mini M&Ms. I, I think um, I'd like a pumpkin s'more. One pumpkin s'more. That'll be 413 cash today. Thanks to Michelle for talking to me. You're going to need a receipt. Indulge Desserts is located at 903 35th Avenue Southwest, and that pumpkin s'more cupcake was outstanding. Now it's time to take a look at some events happening around West Seattle. Let's check in first with Michael Wallenfels from Arts West to hear about their current production. We're launching the West Coast premiere of a, a new chamber version of the musical Jane Eyre, which premiered in 2000. It was a big critical success, won Tony Awards. It's been too expensive and difficult to mount because it's about 30 people in the cast and like a big orchestra. So um, the people behind the play took some time to trim it down. And their new version, the chamber version, just premiered in Cleveland, and we're hot on the heels of it. The, the, one, the run in Cleveland was only for a weekend, so this will really be the first chance for most people in the country to see this new, really streamlined, beautiful version of this, of this musical version of Jane Eyre. It's pretty cool. Thanks, Michael. As always, there are plenty of great events at your neighborhood library. Here's Jane Appling with just a peek at a couple of them. So coming up uh, at Southwest Region Libraries in December, we have a number of programs for all ages. Library Lab, our interactive STEAM and STEM programs, are happening at the Delridge Library on Mondays from 4 to 7 p.m. and at South Park on Wednesdays from 4 to 5.30. So bring the family, bring the kids, bring your friends, come down and learn about coding, robots, STEM games, building kits, have a whole lot of fun for everybody. Our monthly history program that we do with Southwest Seattle Historical Society, it's called Southwest Stories on the third Sunday of each month at 2 p.m at various branches. Um, we'll be continuing on December 16th at the Delridge Library that will be about the Tengu Fishing Derby, a really uh, special tradition in this part of the world. Thanks, Jane. There's much, much more going on at your library, so check the website of your local branch for more events. Now let's check in with Kyle Boynton from Bloodworks Northwest. The holiday season is a crucial time for donations, and Kyle has some news about how to make it easier to donate. Yeah, so Bloodworks Northwest is really excited to announce that we have a brand new Bloodworks app um, that's available on all smartphones um, through the Apple Store and Google Play and on Android. With this new app, you're able to schedule uh, an appointment to give blood at the nearest location, so it's really easy to download, create an account, and search for uh, the nearest blood drive to you. The other really cool feature about this is you're able to track your impact, so it will show you how many donations you've done in a lifetime and how many lives you've impacted. Another cool feature about the app is the ability to create and join um, groups. So there's actually a West Seattle Lifesavers group that you can join if you live in the West Seattle area. You can create an account, join the West Seattle Lifesavers um, that consists of neighbors who are like-minded in the process of giving blood. So you can actually track your group's progress as a team and see how you all contribute to the local blood supply. You can download the app by visiting our website, bloodworksnw.org. 
Um, during the holidays, we always need blood donations, so this is a really great tool to use in the next couple months to find a blood drive near you and come out and save some lives during the holidays. Um, we have our usual monthly drive um, in the Alaska Junction um, on the third week of December up on 42nd and Alaska. Um, that's called the West Seattle Blood Mobile for when you're searching for it. And we'll have a few drives scheduled um, later in the month in Westwood Village. Thanks, Kyle. That's all for this episode of Podcast West Seattle. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you have West Seattle friends, please tell them about it. Until next time, here's more Bobby Belvestudo. We can put the West Seattle fly. We can make a wish